Hello everybody, welcome to the Lakers for Listeners podcast. My name is Ahmed Adna, I'm going to be your host, and today we're going to be talking about the Los Angeles Lakers. So, Los Angeles Lakers today fell to the Miami Heat, 104-110. to You might think I'm sad because we lost, but if you watch the match, I think all Lakers fans who watch the match would wound up pretty happy. Um, the Lakers went in there and they were clearly disadvantaged by the fact that Kyle Kuzma and Taylor Martin Tucker were not going to play this game. Uh, we already knew that LeBron and AD would not um, play, but before the game we found out that those two weren't playing as well. And so when four guys like that are out, you really struggle to have players who can um, play in the guard position. And that was evident by today because we saw Dennis Schroeder play 40 minutes. Dennis Schroeder played 40 minutes. To be fair, he had a very good um, stat line for those amount of minutes. He put up uh, 10, 6, and 14, 14 being assists, which is very, very good for him. And uh, it's not something we've been accustomed to seeing of him, obviously, since LeBron James was the main ball handler in the team. But it was very impressive uh, to see what Dennis Schroeder could do as a main ball handler. 14 assists is not something to laugh about and we must remember he had nine in the last game seven of them being in the first quarter which were which were all to three so he was responsible for creating a lot of points which was really good um something else to talk about is well the star man of today Contavious Caldwell Pope he hasn't had the best season up to now and a lot of people were talking about him saying you know he's not playing as good as he should be and blah 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 regardless of all of that talk when you look at his numbers he's averaging 40 percent from the three albeit on i think one and a half chances which is not that much and maybe he stopped shooting because he somewhat lost confidence in his shot but today came out took 20 shots in total 11 of them being from the three he made six shots from the three and 11 in total so he shot 55 percent from the field 55 percent from three now, some people, some fans from around the league, they might see this and they might be like, okay, that's normal. Or, you know, you know, Steph Curry fans are like, that's an average game for Steph, but Steph's the greatest shooter of all time. And we aren't used to seeing Caldwell Pope shoot six of 11 from the three, which is, which, you know, when you add up everything, is 28 points. That is insane to me. So, you look at the score, Lakers lost to the Heat. I'm still very happy with, 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 with our team because they put up a fight despite not having... Kuzman's by not having Tina Horton Tucker, it's by not having LeBron James and Anthony Davis, obviously. And Marcus Gasol didn't even suit up. He didn't even play. And yet we, we had a very good game. Now about that Marcus Gasol thing where he did not play. Marcus Gasol last game, he was very good and he impressed everybody. And um, that came after his comments of, uh, you know, uh, it's frustrating for me where the you know, that we signed Andrew Drummond, that I feel like I'm not going to play. So after that game, he played a really good game. And they asked him about it, and he said, I'm, I'm fine. I don't care how many minutes I play. I just want to be there for the team. I, I just want to focus on winning. I don't care. Like He, he was trying to be um, a selfless player, which is definitely the, the, the route to go here. And he was a selfless player, and he sat down. He didn't cause a lot of noise. He didn't wave his arms around. He didn't look sad for the cameras. He, he was... He, he was being 
I don't want to say a good boy because he's he's I think 34 years old, but he was being a, a good boy to the coach, I guess. And um, I I would disagree with the coach's decision to to sit him. I I would agree that he has been somewhat underwhelming this season in the sense that we expect more from him. Yet he deserved to play today because of what he did last game. And um, don't get me wrong, Montrezl Harrell and Andre Drummond had great games, each of them, obviously, but. Mark Gasol, in a game like this, where we lack ball handlers and guards, you know, with all of the, the four guys who were injured, he could have come in and maybe given us something different. This is why, if you listen to the last podcast, you know that I said Montrezl Harrell should be played at the four. Now, if he played at the four today, and you have Mark Gasol at the five, maybe that's a different element, and maybe it would be something to test out, especially in a game like this where, you know, so many players are out. Um, But regardless, the team did well. Came down to the final minute or so until Markeith Morris ended up being tossed. And only after Markeith Morris was tossed was that the game was, you know, sort of, you know, out of, out of, we basically knew that we had no chance of winning. Um, the starters for this game were Wesley Matthews, Markeith Morris, Andre Drummond, Contavious Gobble-Pope, and Dennis Schroeder. Now, I think every single player in the starters scored at least 10 points, and each of them had um, a good game compared to their season averages in terms of points scored. And... Um, I already talked about Dennis Schroeder's passing. I already talked about Contavious Caldwell-Pope. But we should talk about Andre Drummond making his fu- finally making his full debut for the Lakers. We've been waiting, and I think he was signed about a week and a half ago. He's finally made his debut, and boy, did we see something. Um, Andre Drummond was put on the line, on the free throw line, six times tonight, and he scored five of them which is 83.3%. Now, Andre Drummond is a 50, 50% free throw shooter in his career. It's something like that, around 50%. So to see him shoot so well from the free throw line was very nice and refreshing to see. And then he did his thing on the boards. He got 12 rebounds in total, four of them being offensive rebounds. Um, how we've known him to, to also be someone who is very active on the offensive board, and he made three offensive rebounds, which is really good as well. Um... Andre Drummond ended the game with 15 and 12. Three assists as well. Those three assists came very early. Two steals. And we know him. He has very fast hands. And um, he, he had this one play in the first half where he stole the ball and gave a pass to, I think it was, Kentavious Caldwell Pope who scored the layup. And so um, Andre Drummond, overall, considering he only played 26 minutes and was even injured in, in the middle of the game and had to go to the locker room, Andre Drummond... Um, very very nice game to be honest from him 15 points 12 rebounds three assists as i've said in only 26 minutes that's very solid but i would not expect that to be um a regular occurrence for when lebron and anthony davis come back because when those two come back obviously they're gonna get their touches as you know the best players on the team and so Andre Drummond's touches are gonna, are gonna go down and i think his his points are gonna go down his, his points average and maybe even his rebounds as well, because let's not forget, I know this is Andre Drummond, who is probably the best rebound in the world, but let's not forget, Anthony Davis is a monster. 
And that's not to say he's a better rebounder than Andre Drummond, but he's going to take some of those rebounds. And we can say the same thing about LeBron James, who, I mean, last year in the playoffs, he, in the finals, he averaged, I think, 13 rebounds a game, which is just crazy. And so we can't expect Andre Drummond to come out, put up 15-15 every night, and then if he doesn't, we're going to be like, oh, he's playing worse than when he was not with the Lakers. He's on a good team for the first time in his career. When he was on the Cavs, when he was on the Pistons, all the respect to those teams, they were some of the worst teams in the league at that point. So he was obviously going to get his stats. So if you want to judge Andre Drummond, I say we judge him based on what he does on the floor. Now, I'm not going to say that the guy had a flawless full debut, but he did have a good game, all things considered. And um, he had a bit of foul trouble, but I, I was some I was happy. I mean, you, you can never be mad with a guy who puts up 15 and 12 in his first full debut right so yeah Andre Drummond good job um really happy with what he produced Wesley Matthews had what I might say I'm not I'm not sure if it is but probably one of the worst games for him uh of the season in terms of a net rating I don't think he played particularly badly he did he was a bit underwhelming with his shooting tonight but um you know, it was one-off game. He's been playing well for some time. It's fine. He's probably going to get better in the next game. Um, Dennis Schroeder's shooting really bothered me tonight. Now, Dennis, I already said he got 10 points, 14, rebound, 14 assists, 6 rebounds. If you look at it from the outside, you're like, oh, he had a great game. It's true that he, he was good, at, you know, with his passes and stuff, but he, he shot 2 of 12 from the field. 0-4 from the 3 and 2 out of 12 from the field. Dennis Schroeder is better than than shooting 16% from the field. I'm sorry, but I have to say that. It's it's one off night, so I'm not going to get mad and say, oh, you know, he, he's stuck. But, but he, has, he has been shooting bad for most of the season. And I think that that's something that needs to be adjusted on Dennis Schroeder's part. I don't know if maybe it's going to be fixed when LeBron James and Anthony Davis are back because those two guys are so great that they command so much respect around the league that, you know, when they step out on the court, people are not going to be looking at Dennis Schroeder. He's not going to be the primary guy who you're going to look at. Like, teams are probably going to put their primary defender on LeBron James and then their second-best defender, maybe a big man or maybe a huge wing, they're going to put him on Anthony Davis. And then the third-best defender on the team is going to be put on Dennis Schroeder. As long as, you know, it matches up with, this, you know, their sizes and everything. So, Dennis Schroeder needs to shoot better. We can't afford to have him shoot like this. Um, continuously the, the guy played 40 minutes and he made two field goals when, when you're the, th- the second best player I mean the third best player on the team and you know the probably the best player tonight you, you have to make your shots that's what separates the the great players from the good players those who make the shots consistently I know I get that some people might have off nights I'm not saying you're not allowed to have an off night just don't make it something that's continuous because it, it has seemed to have been um, something that's been going on continuously on behalf of Dennis Schroeder. He had a good game, so I'm not going to go on and on and on about, you know, uh, he disappointed me. Or he, he had a good game as Dennis Schroeder. He did well for what he is, and um, I guess I'm proud of him. Other than the shots, obviously. And then we can talk about uh, Alex Caruso, who put up um, five points. Two rebounds, six assists. 
Six assists is not something I'd expect out of Alex Caruso. Take out Dennis Schroeder, he had more than I think the rest of the team combined, right? Or, or the same amount, sorry. So that's not something I'd expect of Alex Caruso, but yeah. And he got five points, and if you're a casual, you're going to say, oh, Alex Caruso didn't have a good game. I had six, five points, but Alex Caruso is not an offensive player. Alex Caruso is a guy who's just incredible defensively. He's like this dog who has a lot of heart, who's going to jump at every ball. And I didn't mention that with Wesley, but he had, he had this one moment in the first half where he just jumped at the ball, and it was amazing. And um, back to Alex Caruso, we know him. He's a good defensive player, so... Um, I'm not going to give him a lot of crap. I don't expect him to score a lot, too too many points every night. I guess I'd, I I might be inclined to expect a bit more on a night where, you know, all of those guys are out, like, that I mentioned. And um, hopefully he can make more shots in the next game that we have. Um, I'm not actually sure who we're going to be playing, but I know that it's still on this Eastern Conference trip. I think it might be the Nets, but it could also be... Um, could also be the uh, the Knicks. I think those are our, our next two games. I'm gonna have to make sure of that. So I'm just I'm just checking who we're playing next. So yeah, our next game is going to be against the Brooklyn Nets, who um, are on fire, basically. They have Kevin Durant back. Kyrie Irving is playing. I don't think um, James Harden is going to be playing. He's still out for, I think, two or three more games. Maybe maybe four, actually. I remember seeing uh, two days ago that he'd be out for 10 days. So we can expect him back on maybe the 12th of April if they have a game on that day. Um, no, sorry, not the 12th of April. <laughs> um, on the 17th of April, if they have a game on that day. I know the Lakers have a game on the 15th against the Celtics. I don't know about the Nets. So, yeah, for the Nets fans, uh, probably not listening to this. So, you know, I don't know when he's back. But Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are going to take on a Lakers team who have Dennis Schroeder. I'm not sure if Kyle Kuzma is going to play. I don't think he's going to play, but I have no idea. Um, Andrew Drummond, Montrezl Harrell. So if we lose, and even if we get blown out, I wouldn't be too surprised, and I wouldn't even be too sad. You like If you don't know this, teams rely on superstars in the NBA a lot more than you think. When LeBron James is out, the Lakers struggle so much more. And despite LeBron James, you know, being one of the greatest of all time, and I'm, I'm not saying he's not, but any great player who, who leaves their team, that team will instantly suffer. Unless you're maybe the, the Nets and, you know, like Harden's out and you still have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant because these, these players, they're so, so good. And it's a game of 5v5. So they have much more influence on the game than, for example, football. So if we lose this game and we get blown out, it doesn't mean that our bench is bad or the rest of our starting lineup is bad it just means that we don't have our superstar and they have their their best player they have their third best player and their third best player is an all-star so 
you know, if we lose this game, I'm not going to be surprised and I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to do this as long as it's not embarrassing. So if we go into halftime and we're down by 60 points, okay, you, you, you get to you get to say, come on, what the hell is going on? But other than that, you know, don't expect to, to win this, that game. If we do, obviously, we're, we're going to be happy, but we're probably not going to win. And then we're going to play the New York Knicks right after, who are doing very well this season. They lost to the Celtics uh, last night. Um, obviously, we're going to go back to face Julius Randle, who is um, having a spectacular season, probably the best season of his career. He's now an all-star, which is great to see. We love to see our, 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 our former players doing well. Unless you're on the Clippers, and we, then we want you to fail, or the Celtics. But other than that, yeah, we hope they they all do really well. No, I'm kidding, obviously. Um, I, I wish you the best to DeMarcus Cousins and Rondo, who recently signed for the Clippers. Um, they're they're going to do really well there. Um, they played really well. I think, I don't know about Rondo, but I know that DeMarcus Cousins had a really good game against uh, the Portland Trailblazers. The Portland Trailblazers, sorry. And so... We can we can definitely expect to see um, a lot of good for, former Lakers players around the league, and we're definitely gonna come up against them, and they're probably gonna be really annoyed because we let them go for someone else. So when we when we go up against the Knicks, Jewish Rand is probably gonna go 100 miles per hour. We have to contain them. We have to be able to stop them. They have a lot of great pieces around them as well, like Derrick Rose and uh, Emmanuel Quickly and um, R.J. Barrett, obviously. All those guys, you know, they have a lot of players who've been playing really well for them. So Knicks are going to be a, a, um, a tricky opponent, but we can't underestimate ourselves. We know who we are. We know who we have. So the hope is that we're, we are ready to face them and that we'll do a good job against them. Now, here's something I wanted to talk about. LeBron James, he posted something on Instagram. And what he posted was a picture of him and Anthony Davis and just like a formal warning of the return of a storm. Not the return of a storm, sorry. The, the coming of a storm. And basically, it's like this government, you know, warning where it's like, oh, go into your houses and protect yourselves because a storm is coming. And it's just a picture of him and Anthony Davis. And that's to say, you know, we're going to be back and we're going to blow the league up. You know, that, that's a good boost for the Lakers and Lakers fans. And um, I've, I've seen that they might be back on the 17th of April, which if you look at your calendar, your Lakers calendar, and I doubt anybody has a Lakers calendar, but if you look at your Lakers calendar, it's a game against the Utah Jazz. Now, it would be very interesting to see them come back against the Jazz because the Jazz are the number one seed at the moment. And so if they come back, we know what they're going to produce. LeBron AD, they're going to be mad. Not mad, but, you know, they're they're, going to have a lot of energy. They're going to provide the team with a boost. And I don't know if they're going to return on the same night. I mean, I'd, I'd expect Anthony Davis to come back earlier since he's been out for longer and, you know, his return time was supposed to be i think a week after the all-star break which was about three weeks ago so i'd expect anthony davis to come back first but seems like they might come back at the same time i'm not gonna i'm not gonna shame anybody i mean i think anthony davis's injury is a bit more serious than lebron's because it's the achilles and we all know what happens when the achilles snaps we also what happened with kevin durant in the finals and you know 
Kevin Durant got got his you know his snap his Achilles about I think in 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 the summer of 2019 and we didn't see him come back until December of 2020 so you know that's just, that's some serious stuff so we we have to take care and precaution with um Anthony Davis and I guess we hoped for more versatility more versatility on his return with um LeBron James, you know, carrying the team on his back and making his push for an MVP. But fortunately, um, obviously, LeBron James got injured with his ankle and stuff, which was a high ankle sprain, which is four to six week um, expected, you know, recovery time. And um, LeBron, LeBron got injured on the 20th of March. And they said he's going to be back in four to six weeks. So if you if you go up, that's gonna be either a game against the Jazz, Mavericks, Mavericks, Magic, Wizards, or Kings. I don't think he returns after that. I think by that time he will have returned and he will have played a game for the Lakers because after that goes to the three of May, the third of May, and the third of May would be um, I think six weeks after, and from what we are hearing as fans and everything. It seems like those guys are going to be back. Um, you know, LeBron's going to be back sooner than expected. Obviously, not Anthony Davis. He's already passed his, his supposed return date. But um, I think both of them are going to be returning really soon. So that's something to be hopeful for and happy about uh, and excited about for us Lakers fans. And other than that, I guess we could talk about um, our standings in the West. Now, the Mavericks beat the Bucks today, which I did not expect to happen. I looked at that match, and I was like, okay, the Mavericks are probably going to lose, and then, you know, it's going to be comfortable for us. But they won, so they're, they're putting on the pressure. They, they want to get up into the fifth seat or, you know, higher in the table because, obviously, they don't want to be in the play-in tournament, and they're currently in seventh. And if they end up in the play-in tournament, they're going to be in trouble because... You know, it's two extra games, and you're probably going to come up against Stephen Curry at some point, and we all know what Stephen Curry does, so they'd probably be hoping to make it at least in sixth. But if Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers go down to seventh, and, you know, the Warriors are already in tenth, that's going to be intense, because then you got Dame against Steph, and whew, that's going to be an incredible match to watch. Even as a Lakers fan, I'd probably sit down and watch that match because this time, the Warriors are going up against the Trailblazers and no one has an unfair advantage. Because you remember last time that happened in the Western Conference Finals in 2019, I think. Yeah, 2019. Stephen Curry had an unfair advantage. He had Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson. All Dame had was, was CJ McCollum. With all due respect, it's just CJ McCollum. That guy had five All-Stars on his team, including himself. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting match to watch. But, you know, we're not talking about other teams. We're talking about the Lakers. Lakers have a tough schedule coming up. This is probably one of the toughest stretches in, in the entire season. If you go through their games, I've already mentioned some of them. But Nets, Knicks, Hornets, Celtics, Jazz, Jazz, Mavericks, Mavericks. Now, if you look at that set of teams... I think every single one is currently in a playoff spot. And only after those games will we, and this is on the 27th of April, which is in 18 days, so almost three weeks from now, are we finally going to face a team that's not in the playoff picture, which is the Orlando Magic.
who are probably going to be the 15th seed by the end of the season because they're currently um, in the 14th seed and they've just lost uh, Nikola Vucevic. Since they lost them, I think they've lost every game. They've had three losses in a row. And so, yeah, the Magic are not doing too well. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here and say we're probably going to win that game, especially since LeBron AD are probably going to be back by then. And then we're going to face the Washington Wizards, who have had an up-and-down season. They're currently in the 13th spot, which is just crazy to me because you look at the team above them, and their best players are Colin Sexton, with all due respect, and Kevin Love, I think. No, Jared Allen, sorry. I don't know if Kevin Love is even playing anymore. I haven't actually seen him uh, in so long. But, yeah, their best players are probably Jared Allen and um, Colin Sexton. And then you look at the Wizards, and they have Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is leading the league in scoring, and Russell Westbrook is a walking triple-double. So the fact that they're so low is just crazy to me. They have 18 wins. How on earth do the, do the Wizards have 18 wins? Now, if I had to make a prediction, I think the Hawks and Hornets go down because the Hawks have lost Rajon Rondo and the Hornets have lost LaMelo Ball. Now, I know that Rajon Rondo wasn't playing that well to begin with, but we know as Lakers, as Laker fans that he is a guy who is a leader in the, in the locker room and was a leader with LeBron James in the film room. So... He's, he is a valuable player Even if he isn't playing that well on the court It's like us with Dudley With Jared Dudley Now although Jared Dudley isn't the guy Who's going to lead a film room session Rajan Rondo is But Dudley helps in other ways If it makes sense So basically there are two players Who are really going to help you off the court And the Hawks have lost Rondo Hornets have lost the match So I expect them both to go down And you know Eventually maybe wound up In the playing spots and then maybe the Wizards go up and, you know, Russell Westbrook or, or Bradley Beal have their moment and, you know, they, they make it to the playoffs. Another team that's going up is the Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls, you know, they're good. They're really good. Um, they now have Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, Larry Markkinen, and Kobe White. That's a very good core if you look at it. And, you know, it's kind of scary. You know, they've added Vucevic and they've won three in a row. So... You know, they're, they're playing really well. So, enough of talking about the, the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference and the rest of the league. Let's talk about the Lakers for a second. Shall we? Um, so, the Lakers have, have are now 4 of 10 without LeBron James and Anthony Davis. It's not the best record. It's not the worst either. And, you know, we, we could have easily gone... Gosh... One of nine or even zero of ten, but we've won four games. And to be fair, there are the games that we were expected to win, but we did win four games. And even this last game against the Miami Heat, who are last year's finalists, full strength, we managed to come out with our heads held high. Only a six point game that, that went to the very end. So I'm very proud of our team. Now, I hope, and I, I don't know, I've, I haven't seen any updates, but I hope to God that Kyle Kuzma is not out for an ex- extended period of time because if he's out for a game or two, then we're good because then he comes back and he he's going to go back to that spot on the roster where he's one of the 
the players who gets the most touches. And he's going to be one of those players who's going to take a lot of shots and everything. And that's great for his confidence. And <clears throat> the thing that's great about LeBron James and Anthony Davis being injured, and it's not great, but the, the one thing that you can take out of it that's great is that we're not going to build bad habits. Because when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the floor, you know, guys like, you know, KCP, Wesley Matthews, uh, Mark Gasol, Andre Drummond, you know, all those guys, just all the role players around them, they're going to be like, oh, we have this, you know, this just incredible superstar in our team, and he's probably going to pound you to the floor and win us the game, so they might have some bad habits, and they might be a bit sloppy in some areas, but now, everybody's locked in, because they know that they're in the fifth seat, you know, the alarm bells are ringing, we have to stay focused, we have to win these games, and so... It's gonna, it's gonna allow us to not build um, bad habits. Now, that's the one good thing you can take from it. And the bad thing is we have these two players who are gonna take up about 40 minutes in the playoffs each. Can't really build chemistry with their fellow players. I've talked about this on the last part, but I'm gonna bring it up now. We need to build chemistry. We just need to build chemistry. <sighs> I cannot emphasize the importance of chemistry enough. Um, LeBron James has I, I don't I don't recall him ever going to the playoffs having missed such a significant amount of time I just don't I think this is the, the second longest injury of his career behind the 2019 one obviously and so I just hope that everything can be sorted out before the time where we have to go into the playoffs and be completely locked in because you know, we saw what that did to the Clippers last year. They went into the playoffs. They hadn't played together too much. They had, you know, obviously. But Kawhi and Paul George, they just had been load managing. They were, they, dare I say, they were being lazy. And when they went to the playoffs, they struggled. Like, they didn't know their, their boys like they should have. And I know we have a lot of players who were here last year that are still here. So that's going to be helpful in the larger picture. But... We need we need to get LeBron and Anthony Davis accustomed to playing with guys like and this is more so Anthony Davis because LeBron James has played every every game in the first half of the season as well as about six games in the second half. So we know that LeBron James already you know, he, he already gets the guys on the team and how to play with them. But it's more so Anthony Davis who I'm worried about because Anthony Davis, I think he's only played about twenty games a season. And the last time he was on the court was in February and I think mid-February which is almost two months ago and the last time he was playing regularly as in game after game after game was about late January because remember before he got that extended period off which he's still on he had he had a game where he'd play and a game where he wouldn't play and a game where he'd play and a game where he wouldn't play so I'm just worried that um he's gonna what forget how to play with those guys because he never really learned it and so we just gotta hope that Anthony Davis gets back as soon as possible we gotta hope for the same thing from LeBron James and hopefully hopefully they're gonna be back and they're gonna help us win the NBA championship now um what else can we talk about? Is there really any, anything much to talk about? Um, I 
maybe we can talk about um, the Lakers shooting from three this this game. So the Lakers, they shot 12 of 35 today. Now, you might come out, you might say, oh, the Heat have a very good defense, and, you know, everyone was healthy, and Victor Oladipo and Jimmy Butler were on the perimeter, so you can't expect to score too many threes, and, you know, with all due respect to that, what I personally say is, um, we shot a lot of threes. We shot 35 threes, and we only scored 12, which is 34.3%. And that's not too horrible. We've seen worse. Certainly in the bubble at some points before the playoffs. Which is just something that always comes to mind because we were so bad in that stretch before the playoffs and everybody was so worried. And then we went to the playoffs and everybody locked in and we were so so good, obviously, as everyone knows. But basically, we shot 12 of 35 today. Now, it's not the best. And most of them, I think... Actually, half of them came from Contavious Caldwell Pope, but we were breaking a lot of shots. I mean, Schroeder went 0-4 from the three. Ben McLemore went 0-3. Um, Fonso McKinney went 0-1, uh, which isn't too bad, I guess. And then the rest of the guys, you know, three of eight for Jose Matthews, two of six for Markeith Morris. Uh, yeah, those are the only guys who really shot poorly from three. And you might sit there and ask, you know, we a good shooting team and look at this and say oh we're definitely not now I don't think our identity is based on our shooting I think if we shoot good then it's a bonus because if the Lakers have a night where they shoot 40% from the three the Lakers just are winning the game because we, we are so good at locking teams down and we are the best we have the best defense in the entire league and the funny thing is, we have the best defense in the league, even with LeBron James and Anthony Davis out. You might be like, oh yeah, but it's because they were playing for so long, so you know they help with the stat and stuff. But no, if you look at it, since LeBron James and Anthony Davis have been out, the Lakers have led the league in defensive rating. And by a large margin. They, they, have, they, they have a 109 defensive rating. The Knicks have a 105, and they're in second place. So the Lakers are clearly dominant defensively is their identity with or without LeBron James and that's very good to see. Now, something I forgot about until now is that Ben McLemore also made his debut today. Now, he put up six points, um, two rebounds, no assists, uh, shot 4-4 from the free throw line and like I said, missed three, three threes. Now, I don't expect every guy who comes to the Lakers to come in and make, you know, eight threes on his first try because then we'd be having about 64 threes made every single game. And obviously that's not possible. Not for now, anyways. And um, we we have so many players who can take threes. So some of them are bound to struggle because they get less shots. So I think the, the, the right way to approach this is to look at who flourishes with little attempts and who needs more. So who's a volume shooter? For example, I'd argue that players like LeBron James and Kyle Kuzma are each volume shooters. Because if they take three threes a night, they might, make, they might take six shots in total and not make none. But if they take 10 each, LeBron James might end up with five and Kuzma might end up with four. And 
that, that's actually efficient, you know, 40 and 50% from the three, which is good. And so I'm just hoping that, um, you know, Ben McLemore is not one of those guys who needs too many shots because we can't have every player needing, you know, 10, 10 threes to warm up and end up with five. Because I think LeBron James probably that kind of player, you know. Sometimes he, he has he, he has a really hot game, but he can go cold sometimes and he, he needs his attempts to go up to, to you know, really even not. I mean, we saw, we saw that in that stretch, I think, in February, where he was just shooting horribly from the three. He's playing well overall, but he was shooting horribly from the three. And that almost took him from the leading MVP candidate to, I think, the fourth or fifth MVP candidate just off his shooting because it was so bad. And so you look at Ben McLemore, he shot one of, I mean, sorry, zero of three today from a three. Um, I hope it's, it's not a reoccurring theme. If he shoots one of three or two of three, obviously I'm going to be very happy, but zero of three cannot happen. Um, probably just needs to get into the gym and get used to playing with, the, with the, you know his teammates. Um, something that I didn't like because he did play 17 minutes and he only took three threes. So it's not like he was shy. I think something that I didn't like was that I always saw him sneaking into the paint. And what I mean by that was, you know, we like then she would have the ball in the perimeter and I'd look up to Ben McElroy and be like, okay, you stand in the corner and take the three. And then he'd be inside the paint, like just running around. And there's nothing wrong with cutting in. Don't get me wrong. It's just do not cut in when you're a very good three-point shooter when there's no opportunity or clear opportunity to cut. If there's an opportunity and it's like, okay, it's Dennis Schroeder's with one guy and there's a clear path to, to, the, to the rim, go for it. Obviously, get the points. But I expect him, and this is especially when LeBron James comes back because he's going to need him to stay on the corner. I expect him to stay in the corner. If he stays in the corner, he stays ready. LeBron James comes and swings him about four or five passes a game. He's he's gonna be money from there, so we're gonna need him to be, to stay hot and um, you know I guess buy into the system. Um, I don't really pay much attention to him defensively today, to be honest. I'm looking at his plus minus rating and he had a minus five. Nobody aside from Contavious Caldwell Pope had a positive rating, and it's clear to see why. But um, Andre Drummond had a minus one, which is pretty good, and Montrez Howard had a minus five. Sorry, I don't know why I started comparing Andre Drummond and Marshall Sarah. They're both the centers, whatever. Anyways, um, basically, Ben McLemore, he, he didn't shoot too well. He was one of the, the worst players on the team in terms of defensive rating, although there were a lot of players who were tied for 5 and 6 and 4. Whatever. Regardless, um, I expect more of Ben McLemore. I think he's going to play better in the coming games. He had some promising moments here and there. You know, he, he looks sharp for somebody who I think just got off a plane. And um, I guess I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, I didn't talk much about Andre Drummond, so maybe bring that up again, right? <laughs> um, let's see. Something I liked about Andre Drummond today was I didn't feel like he needed too many touches of the ball. In the sense of, if you can play off the ball then you're probably better than a player who can. So, let me give you an example of this. I'd rather have Klay Thompson than James Harden on the Lakers. Assuming both are fit, obviously, because we know that Klay currently is injured and stuff. But if both are fit and at their peak, 
I might just stay clear ahead of James Harden because James Harden's a guy, and maybe he proves otherwise this season. But based on what I've seen, James Harden's a guy who needs to dominate the game with the ball in his hand, and Clay Thompson is not. Clay Thompson is just this sniper who, you know, he throws the ball and he's gonna make like ten threes a game, and it's crazy. And when he gets hot, he gets so hot. Like this guy, when he gets hot, he might actually be have the highest, you know heat prime in the NBA, in the NBA ever because he has the highest scoring quarter of all time he scored more in a quarter than Bill than Will Chamberlain ever did which is crazy to me so I'd rather a guy who can play off the ball than on it and so Andre Drummond he's not gonna make 10 threes right and I'm not saying he's going to play like Clay Thompson or he's going to shoot threes because obviously he's not a guy who's going to shoot threes. But if he can dominate the game without the ball in his hand, that's going to be very good for the Lakers because we all know how much LeBron James loves to have the ball in his hand. And you also have Den Schroeder, which has got 14 assists, who's going to want the ball in his hand for a lot of the time too. And then you have Andrew Drummond, uh, Anthony Davis, sorry, who is the best power forward in the league, in my opinion, or maybe tied with... Giannis, or at least up there with Giannis, and he's going to want the ball in his hands a lot too, so Andre Drummond's not going to get a lot of touches, so he needs to learn to play the game off the ball. One of the players in the NBA who specializes in that, aside from Clay, aside from Steph, is Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, the reason why he worked on the Warriors so good is because he can play off ball. If you can play off ball, you're destined for greatness, because if you can play off ball, you could you could be, you know, paired up with whoever in the league and dominate. That is one criticism of LeBron James that I might actually agree with. He doesn't do too well off the ball. We've never seen him be in a situation where he has not had the ball more than anyone on the team. You know, Kyrie Irving is the greatest ball handler of all time, and LeBron had the ball more because that's his game. That's LeBron's game. I'm not saying this to get on LeBron's back and criticize, you know, who I believe to be one of the greatest players of all time. But if he could play off ball and, you know, we get maybe, uh, uh, I don't know, in the future, like a guy like Steph Curry or, you know, a, a ball dominant guard, like, I don't know who, who, who's out there, maybe Luka Doncic. Oh, then the league's going to be in trouble. I mean, the league's already in trouble and he doesn't know how to play off ball, in my opinion, anyways. So imagine if he learns to do it and we had another superstar, the league would be finished. I mean, the Nets have three, three all-stars and the Lakers are still the favorites for most people. So basically, to end the podcast, what I'm going to say is we need players who can play off ball, can attack when needed, will buy into the, the, the defensive identity that has been put there by Frank Vogel and implemented by the team effortlessly with the leadership of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and obviously the greatest player in the world, Jared Dudley. So, with all that being said, my name is Abnana. Hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you all later.